on the one hand, we're born as divine, but on the other hand, we absorb all these programs and ideas. So as we grow and evolve and shed, shed the layers, right? Mm-hmm. We, we get back to that pure divine self again. And that's why the work is so important because mm-hmm. otherwise we are living our lives with those programs running in the background without even knowing it. Welcome to the Goddess Talk Podcast, a platform inspiring you to remember your power, step into your divine purpose, and activate your most fulfilling, abundant life. Join me and my guests for conversations around spirituality, self-development, wellness, women's empowerment, and soul-led business. I'm so grateful to have you with me. Let's jump in. Hello, gorgeous souls, and welcome back to the Goddess Talk podcast. I am super excited about today's episode featuring the real-life angel, Miss Nikki Cosmo. We're talking all about the subconscious mind, understanding what it is, how it is responsible for the majority of our operating, and why it is so important to address if we want to create real, lasting change in our lives, and if we feel like we've done all of the things we've maybe taken the action we've tried the mindset work we've tried the personal development work and we're still getting the same results and also how one of nikki's primary modalities hypnosis is a really powerful tool at healing any kind of self-sabotage or limiting pattern that has originated from the subconscious mind And then we also talk about past lives and what they can reveal to us about our present experience. And Nikki also shares her experience with death and grief after losing all of her immediate family and several close friends and how that has ultimately shifted her relationship with death and what she believes death can teach all of us. So that is what we're bringing to you in this episode. I hope that you enjoy listening and that you just drink up Nikki's beautiful, healing, nurturing energy as much as I did. I'm sending you so, so, so much love and I will see you in the next episode. Welcome back to the show. I'm here today with hypnotherapist, past life regression therapist, and founder of Cosmic Relations University, Nikki Cosmo, for a full conversation on all things subconscious mind. Nikki, it is such a pleasure to be with you. Welcome to the show. Yes, Kristen, my serpent queen. Thank you so much for having me. You are so welcome. I'm excited. Me too. So I want to hear about you and your background and how you came into this role that you have today. So will you share a little bit more with the listeners? Yeah, totally. You know, when I'm asked this question, and I believe all of us in life when we're asked this question is like, well, it kind of started at birth, (laughs) but Mm -hmm. I've always been in the role of a spiritual mentor, and I really give props to the way I was raised. Both my parents were very spiritually in tuned. And so 
I used to go to parties like in my young 20s and give psychic readings and kind of these cosmic downloads. And it just became so regular that people are like, you should do this as a job. Like you should do this to get paid. So I went to travel the world for seven years after high school rather than jumping right into college. So I traveled for a long time, which allowed me to gather a lot of wisdom and knowledge, not only academically through different schools I went to out there in the world, but also just street smarts and world smarts. And then when I got back to Southern California, I thought, you know what, I'm really inspired to go to college now. So I studied psychology for a long time and that just spilled over into hypnotherapy. And now here we are. I love it. And I totally can relate to that feeling of that sentiment of like, it's always been with you and it started at birth. And this has always been the path, whether it was clear all along or not. And then it was like this unfolding of one thing leading to another. And eventually you find yourself in like the full expression of your work in the world. So that's so beautiful. Yes, totally. So let's just get right into a subconscious mind. I have so much that I want to explore with you. And so I think I was telling you a little bit before we started recording that we've definitely reference the subconscious mind. Several people have spoken about the subconscious mind on the show, but we really haven't had a full episode devoted to it. And I really don't think there's been like a true overview or explanation of what it even is. So can we just start there? Like very simply, what is the subconscious mind and what is it responsible for in terms of how we operate and show up to the world? Yes, totally. The subconscious mind is like a computer hard drive. So think of when we buy a new computer, there are no programs on that computer, right? But there is a hard drive. So that's kind of a really nice visual that people like to have in their back pocket when referencing the subconscious is when we're born as baby humans, (laughs) we are like that brand new computer with the hard drive, but with no programs yet. So what happens is from the ages zero to eight years old, we're in a natural state of suggestibility, which is just another way to say we're in a natural state of hypnosis. And we take everything in as our truth. And all of those truths get stored or planted into the subconscious mind. So think of it this way. The subconscious mind governs 88 to 95% of the mind. So we start accumulating all these programs in our childhood And then now you and I are both adults and we might have some quirks or habits, or perhaps we are attracting the same stories into our lives. And we wonder, why is that happening? Like I'm doing all the work. Why does this keep happening? Well, the work is awesome. I've been on the path of doing the work for a long time, as I'm sure you have too. But if we're not diving into the subconscious part of our minds, then that's where, that's where the true magic happens. Yeah. And I think that so often people find themselves doing like efforting so much, like efforting their way through healing, working so hard to get new results. And they just keep experiencing the same outcomes again and again and again. And I think that's really a telling sign that there's we, we, it's time to go a little bit deeper with the healing work that we're doing and that there is an opportunity um, 
to illuminate what is happening in the subconscious so that we can create a truly new experience. And I think, you know, you, you mentioned this idea of the, you mentioned the word truth and how we, as we're moving through childhood, we basically take on everything as our truth. And I think that's, it's really interesting that you said that because I think often the programs or the patterning that we take on can actually contradict what's our soul's truth. So can you speak a little bit to that, how sometimes the pattern is out of alignment with what's actually true on our, on our soul level and how that can make us feel like we're not able to truly step into our full expression or our full potential here? Yeah, absolutely. And that's such a beautiful question, which could take us four hours to answer because it's very um, existential, but this is what I'll say. So again, this is just my belief. So I'm, I'm not saying I'm right or wrong. So take what you will and leave the rest. But when we're born, we're born as pure. We're just pure divinity. Wherever we came from before this incarnation was pure divinity as well. So we're born into the world as this pure divine being but all of the things that happen around us, whether it's our parents, our guardians, teachers, friends, society, um, even the location of where we were raised, all of those outside influences get absorbed. And even if, this is just an example, if something bad happened to you as a child, you may have had the knowing that, ooh, that was bad and that wasn't good, but it still got implanted as truth as it's also known as a known association. So what then needs to happen is, if you're visual, you can even close your eyes. On the one hand, we're born as divine, but on the other hand, we absorb all these programs and ideas. So as we grow and evolve and shed, shed the layers, right? We, we get back to that pure divine self again. And that's why the work is so important because otherwise, we are living our lives with those programs running in the background without even knowing it. Yeah, you know, I love this, this concept of like unbecoming. I love that word. And I think that, or, or shedding, you mentioned the word shedding. Like, I think that's really what the work is when we talk about doing the work. It's so much more of this return to who we, who we originally were. So I love that. Yeah, a hundred percent. And I mean, I'm a huge advocate for continuing education and learning. And so sometimes it might feel like we're acquiring, acquiring, but the more we acquire, it's sort of happening simultaneously. We're sort of unbecoming as we acquire the knowledge. So I totally feel that. Yeah. So when people come to work with you, are there common experiences that they're having that have led them to find you? And I guess in other words, like, are there any kind of like symptoms or telltale signs that we have some kind of limitation that's deeper than the conscious level that is, is, is there's an opportunity to address? Yeah, definitely. So the common reasons people come to me and they're pretty overarching, like low self-confidence, um, I can't attract the right partner or romantic relationship. Why am I not making the amount of money I wanna make? I have old money stories, um, low self-worth, these kinds of things. But I look at that as sort of an umbrella and then we go down. Okay, well, why? 
okay, we figured that out, go down even further. Okay, why, what happened there? And it almost always, 99.9% .9 of the time comes down to the root, which is something that happened in childhood. And that I'm not saying it had to be a traumatic event, although I validate that a lot of people have traumatic events in their childhood, but it could even be just one sentence that a kid said to you at school one day, like you, you suck or you're ugly and that gets implanted. Yeah. And it's like, it's my understanding as well that sometimes it's not even something negative. Like sometimes it's something that a parent or guardian said that actually might've seemed objectively really, really loving or really nurturing or caring, but the way that we took it on because we were just absorbing the world around us. And because we were children with limited context and understanding, we took that on in a way that then in our present experience is actually limiting us. Yeah, absolutely. We And again, we take it on as that known association. So it's funny when I'm sure you've heard this as well, where you hear friends or people say, oh my God, I don't want to be like my dad, or I don't want to be like my mom. But unfortunately for, I mean, unfortunately, but fortunately, because we have the knowing, right? But unfortunately, that kind of is who we are at our core. And if one can realize that and accept that, that we really are these mini versions of those who raised us. And if you don't like the people who raised you, you have the choice to change the narrative and change mm -hmm. the story. But until you look at that and face it head on, you are operating out of their programs as well. Mm. Okay, so this can be very confronting as well. Yes, hugely confronting, which is why any type of subconscious work takes a lot of humility and vulnerability. And I totally, totally understand people have come to me and said, I know there's something deeper that needs to be revealed, but I'm scared. Like mm -hmm. I'm really nervous and I'm like, I get it. I totally get it. The word willingness is coming to mind. Like there has to be this just willingness to be with whatever it is that arises when we do this work or when we utilize these therapies, like, and this willingness to be in the edginess, the unknown of that, and just welcome it all and be, be open to, to facing whatever is there. Definitely. And especially, you know, there's different ways that we can do subconscious work, but if you're doing hypnotherapy, you're in the presence of a very sacred and safe space that's being held and created for you as the client to go as deep as you want and as deep as you're willing to like you said that willingness mm -hmm. so before we go deeper into hypnotherapy and past life regression I know that you work with these modalities and you also do Reiki um, and I know there are many modalities in terms of addressing the subconscious so where would you recommend if people are are looking to decide you know, do I want to go to hypnotherapy? Do I want to do past life regression? Is there, do I want to try NLP or theta healing or some kind of energy healing? How to know which one will best suit them? You know what? The, re the way someone will know what best suits them is by using your intuition, really. Finding someone that you resonate with and following their work for a little while and diving into what it means to be in hypnotherapy or what it means to do a past life regression. So we're, we all operate so wildly differently and all of our root presenting issues are going to be wildly different as well. So my best advice is to 
feel into your intuition and see who you're drawn to and which area of work that you're drawn to. You know, I love that because I think often we don't, we don't consciously understand. I mean, that's, that's the whole, that's what we're talking about is all of the, all of this is under the surface. It's subconscious. And so we don't have to understand or intellectualize like why this therapy is better than the other one for us. Like, I think it's something that we almost have to trust the body. We have to trust the energy. We have to trust the intuitive yes that we're getting because it's almost beyond our own comprehension, which practice is going to best suit us. Totally. A hundred percent. I agree with that. Okay. So let's get into hypnotherapy then. So tell us a little bit about what hypnotherapy is, what it can offer us and maybe as well, some of the misconceptions about hypnotherapy, because I know that people might be carrying like old stories from decades ago about what the uses are for hypnotherapy. So give us a little overview. Totally. So hypnotherapy is the most similar to a traditional therapy session that you would go see a psychotherapist or psychologist. We go into it with that talk therapy portion. And after that, we gently, but very profoundly allow the client to go into that subconscious state, which is the same as the theta brainwave state. And in that moment, I, as the therapist, I'm offering suggestions and very specific wording to literally shift their mindset and shift their belief system in real time. So while talk therapy, traditional talk therapy is also wildly helpful for some people, the major difference is hypnotherapy is working on the subconscious level. So you may be able to work out your issues or problems a bit faster. There are a lot of misconceptions about hypnotherapy as mind control, or I won't have control, I'll be out of control, or where will I go? Where are you taking me? What can happen? And we have this idea of hypnosis um, as maybe not so much now because hypnotherapy is becoming a bit more mainstream, but even just a year ago, people are like, oh, that's that funny thing they do at carnivals or like a stage hypnotist is making you cluck like a chicken or reveal your deep, dark secrets. Mm-hmm. That's not what we do in hypnotherapy. Although the methods and techniques that we use are actually the same. So when I have clients who come in with an obvious block, not obvious to them, but obvious to me, it just takes a little more nurturance and tenderness to get them to break down that wall and open up further. And that might be so many different things. It could be trauma. It could be maybe just a lack of knowledge on what hypnosis is. It can come from a lot of different places. Yeah. So something that I think is super powerful about hypnotherapy that's just standing out to me as you're speaking is that it actually gets to be really passive for the person that's receiving it. And I think that's really powerful that they can just kind of surrender to the receptivity and just allow the process to take place. Um, When there are so many things that we could do or effort in terms of, um, in terms of healing or learning or, you know, expanding in our lives, like there's 
we can journal, we can do affirmations, but I think it's really beautiful when we can just go into something and receive it fully and, uh, and just be in that space of allowance. Yeah, absolutely. What you're doing with your conscious mind, as you mentioned, are the affirmations and the journaling and the mantras and whatever rituals you have in play, that's all being done on the conscious mind. So to come, you know, be in the presence of a hypnotherapist, we really do take, we take the wheel for you. You, All that person has to do is lie back, relax and listen. Oh my gosh, so fascinating. And then, but the, but the difference is the, the results and the openness to experience a new outcome just happens automatically. Yeah, because when you're in hypnosis, we're literally creating new neural pathways and it's very gentle, but profound, which is again, sort of the mystery and magic behind it. So yeah, it's pretty dope. <laughs> yeah, I'm like, so I'm so intrigued by the work that you do. So for, for people that are listening that might be like curious and maybe wanting to dip their toe in, but a little bit hesitant to go all in with a full session or a full package, are there ways that people can explore self-hypnosis? Like I've heard of people recording audios with positive suggestions and playing them first thing in the morning or last thing in the evening or using breath work or meditation to get into like a trance like state and then using affirmations. Do you, what are your thoughts on that? And do you think that's a good place for people to just kind of play with this world before committing to a full investment with a practitioner? Yeah, it's a great place for people to begin and play with that subconscious state and that very twilight state. Again, like you said perfectly, it's right before we wake up and right before we go to sleep so if one wants to play with that a bit before diving in with a hypnotherapist by all means beautiful although because I am me and you are you it's a bit not even a bit it's a lot more challenging to get to the root core or root cause of whatever our presenting issue is with our own self Mm -hmm. sometimes it does take someone else to Um, reflect, like hold up the mirror and go, well, (laughs) let's look a little deeper because it can be really, like you said, so confronting. So to try to do it all on our own um, can be a lot and almost, um, I don't want to say impossible, but it can be a lot. And I know, you know, there's, I have clients who would sign up for, you know, a package, eight or 12 sessions and then go, oh no, I don't know. I think I can do this on my own. Like, I wanna see if I have the power and the knowledge and the intuition and the willingness to figure this out. I'm like, perfect, awesome, Mm -hmm. do it. And then they come back very shortly and they're like, I can't get past this one level. I'm like, I got you, girl. (laughs) Yeah, they're like, "Uh, maybe that was a little bit of a stretch. Well, and you know, I think this is, I think this is so true because in my experience, there's often a part a part of us, sometimes it's a very big part of us that really doesn't want to give up whatever pattern it is that's running. Like it's so known we've carried it for so many years. Maybe there's even some benefit to the pattern that we're carrying that there's like a part of us that, that feels a huge resistance to giving that up and allowing something new in. So I think having that kind of unbiased outsider there to reveal our highest truth instead of what we've known is so profoundly helpful for creating real change. 
absolutely. And again, on the one hand, there's those who know. They're like, I don't know what it is, but I know that there's something running and perhaps there's a secondary gain, but I'm ready. I don't want this anymore. I don't know what it is, but let's figure it out. But then there's other people who patterns, negative patterns keep arising and they may just be at a point in their evolution where they're, where they're still sort of pointing the finger outwards. And that's where I'm here to gently say, look, let's look inwards. It's not about your ex-boyfriend or your shitty dad or whatever. It's it really, let's look inward. So yeah, it's pretty, it's a, it's a thing. <laughs> yeah, for sure. And like with that, yes, it's going to be very confronting to admit that maybe there is a, maybe in some way we have been responsible for what's been created in our experience, but it's also so empowering because we know that therefore if we've created X in the past, we're just as capable of creating Y in the future. So I think that is, although intense and can be maybe overwhelming or triggering, like it's also the biggest opportunity and the most empowering way to move forward. Yes, that you said that so beautifully and so clearly because it's something that I share with my students and clients all the time that if you want like a big mansion in Malibu or you want, if you want to be a millionaire or even if that, you know, the scale is so wide or so big or so broad, whatever it is that you want in your life that you don't yet have, you have the utmost power and ability to attain or have that thing. And it's all about your mindset. It's all about the power of belief in your mindset. Mm. I love it. So let's, let's talk about past life regression as well. This is, this is a newer concept for me. So let's also with this, just start with the basics. Um, what are past lives? And, you know, I think that my audience is generally very open, but I think it would be cool for you to share as well, like any religious or scientific evidence of past lives, just because I think it's really fascinating and interesting to see how frequently this concept comes up in so many different facets of life. Totally. Yeah. So a past life is, I guess, in layman's terms, just a past incarnation of our soul. So the idea of past lives or having past incarnations is found in nearly, I don't want to say all religions, because I don't know all religions, and there's so many out there, but Mm -hmm. found in so, so many religions, Kabbalism, Christianity, Buddhism, you've heard of reincarnation. So there's the idea that the spirit or the soul that's within us, the energy that's within us, doesn't die. And that's also found in science. Science says energy can't be created or destroyed. It just Mm -hmm. is. So if you believe that there is a soul, spirit, or energy within us, whatever word you resonate with, this physical body will die. This physical body of Nikki will die, but the energy within me and the spirit within me will continue on. So that's the idea. Does that make sense? (laughs) (laughs) Totally, totally. And this is like just so intriguing to me. To me, it almost, as I've come to understand this, like it almost feels like death is more a transition than an end. It's just like an opening of the next door 
than it is just like blackness it's over and done like it's just moving on to the next thing yes wildly so and I know we'll probably touch on this for a moment but death is such a it's a taboo topic and it's also a topic understandably so that's very difficult and challenging for people to dive into but I 100% agree that death is not just closing of the door the end it's blackness but rather a transition of our soul onto the next epic journey mm-hmm. so yes I definitely want to cover death with you more fully um but first I'm curious like with this is maybe just my own curiosity but so in terms of past lives how many do you have any way to to predict or say how many past lives the average person has. And I'm also wondering if in your sessions, the past lives are typically lives on earth or if people ever have memories of incarnations in other planets or in different like non-human bodies, like what is what does all of that look like? Oh my gosh, I love these questions. Yeah, so there is no way to tell how many past lives we've had. Someone can come to me and do a past life regression every week for a year, and they may open the door to a new past life every single time. However, on the flip side, someone may do that many past life regressions in a year, which is not typical, but if they did, they may eventually hit kind of like a, not a standstill, but hit a point where, oh, I'm revisiting the same the same time period every time, or I'm revisiting the same land every time. So there's no definitive way to say how many past lives each person has had. And yes, people have definitely come back saying they visited Atlantis or Lemuria, or they were an alien. Oh my gosh. Down yes. their feet and they weren't human feet. They were fins or something. So I, it's not common. But when it happens, I'm always like, fuck yeah, because I love my alien folk. <laughs> <laughs> Your fellow aliens. Yes. Oh my gosh. It's possible. And that's what's so beautiful about a past life regression is sometimes clients come to me knowing who they were in a past life already. Like they just have an affinity for Egypt and they knew they were the queen of Egypt with everything in their body. They knew they were. But some people are like, I have no fucking clue. I don't even know anything about this. And once they go in to a regression, they come out of it changed, completely forever changed because whatever they found in there was almost always a pattern as to the way they're living now. It's almost always a pattern every single time. So that would be the point of going into a past life regression is to figure out how was I living before? What was I like before? What was I doing? Or perhaps what happened to me so I can break the chain? If it's a positive thing, let's keep the chain going. But if it's a negative thing, let's break the chain. Mm. So do you kind of, do you feel that as we, each time we reincarnate, it's this it's like an invitation to complete these old patterns. Obviously there's, there's more to it. There's a bigger purpose for why we're here, but do you believe that in each reincarnation, like there's this either duty or desire um, for us to clear like the, the lower vibrational pattern or something that wasn't serving? That 
question is difficult for me to answer in all honesty, because I don't think, hmm, I don't know if it's our duty to clear, but it's our duty to witness and accept and then move on because acceptance is everything. Once we accept the past, whether it be the past in this lifetime or the past in a different lifetime, acceptance and forgiveness is key. And then that's the way mm. we move forward. So it's not erasing the past or clearing the past. It's seeing it for what it was because it happened for a reason. Mm. And then moving forward um, in full acceptance of it. Yeah, that the word reverence comes to mind. Like holding all that was and and like holding it with compassion and love instead of like this judgment or rejection so we can clear it and move on so I just love that shift yes so tell us a little bit more about like what a session looks like because I think this is a, a new therapy to a lot of people what can people expect and how what's the process for actually accessing the memories of a past life? How do we bring that into our awareness? Sure. So past life regression is very similar to a hypnotherapy session where we have about the first 15 or 20 minutes of talk therapy just to see what comes forward. Sometimes people lay it all out on the line first thing. And some people are like, I don't really know why I'm here. But that's where my expertise comes in is to ask the right questions to get the ball rolling. And so after the talk therapy portion I take them into their subconscious mind and I guide them. I guide them with very specific words into a past life. And, <clears throat> excuse me, some people think you need to be visual to experience a past life regression. And that's not true because some people are auditory. Some people are, you know, we, we all use our senses differently. So however you experience that state of mind, some people don't dream or they don't remember their dreams you can still experience a past life because you might get a smell or a taste or an aha moment or just one word, even a name. And then they go and they Google the name and it's all connected. And then they're like, what the heck? What, like, how did you do that? I'm like, well, I didn't really do it. I, I helped you get there. It was all, it was already within your mind. And so after they come out of the regression, that's where I typically don't have my clients talk about it right then and there because similar to a dream as we all know once you start telling your friend or your boyfriend your dream you kind of forget it so I always have them immediately journal and start recognizing the patterns between their lives and I always have them use the same journal when they do PLRs because when you use the same journal you can go back and back and back to your your old writings and go whoa I didn't even realize like the pattern between each of these lives, even though each life was so wildly different, I see now what the underlying theme here is. And that is what is really profound for people. Yeah, it's so interesting. It's like, um, it's, it almost makes me think of the idea of like parallel realities, like these lives are happening next to each other because we're carrying the same energy or pattern. And then once we shift or break the cycle, we like, it, it like shifts out of parallel into a different trajectory. That's what's coming to my mind as you're talking. Yeah, I love it. So also, you know, I know we've, we've mentioned the word confronting many times and I'm sure the past life is equally as confronting as a hypnosis session, 
but does anyone ever have any memories that are painful or traumatic that come up? And, and if so, how do they navigate that with you? Yeah, they do. And before a session begins, I always give that kind, um, just reference and knowing that, look, the whole spectrum's available. So on the one hand, you may go into your regression and find some really beautiful things or find some things that feel like an aha moment or positive, joyful. However, on the other end of the spectrum, you may come up against something totally confronting or challenging or saddening or even angering. And so I always encourage them that if they do come up against the more difficult things to lean into it, because in the moment, although the client is in their subconscious mind during a regression, they still have the power of choice. So you can choose in a regression to go, nope, I'm not going there. I'm not looking. I want to float around the cosmos for a little longer. But I encourage them not to do that and to lean into the hard stuff and the darkness because that's like where all the little nuggets of wisdom are. So I've never, I've never had a client come out of a session and go, how dare you take me there? That was so scary. What the fuck? <laughs> but I've had people come out and go, that was really challenging. And I cried the whole time and like, oh my gosh, I just had no idea. And I go, I know, I know we, we, most of us have that. So it's wildly profound to lean into the darker, harder stuff. Yeah. And that's, that's going to be that root of what we're really trying to unravel with this, with doing this kind of work. So the leaning in is huge. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Okay. So I want to come back to this idea of death now that we're, we're talking about past lives. And I know that you have kind of an unconventional relationship to death based on some of the experiences that you've had with loss in your life. So I want to just kind of open the floor for you to share about your experience with death and what it's taught you. Yeah, absolutely. So unconventional is such a great word. I love that because I love death and I love talking about death I don't love when people die of course but I love the mystery of death because again this is just my opinion and the where I'm coming from but death can be a really beautiful transition onto the next thing and of course it's sad to leave people or have people leave us when we're so earthbound and our society kind of creates us to be so earthbound unless someone is really diving in and doing the work to understand spirituality better. We're like here on earth all the time. So I've lost my entire immediate family to death, my mom, my dad, and my only sibling, my younger sister. And having lost my whole family, it was, I feel like my mind is wanting to say it was a punch in the face, but it wasn't so brutal. It wasn't quite a punch in the face. It was more like it just stripped me away of everything I've ever known or ever been taught or anything society or school has ever taught me. So to lose the core, 
like connection to why I'm even here. The people who brought me onto planet earth and then my sibling, my closest person I've connected to, it created a deep sense of humility and presence and vulnerability and openness because I understand how precious life is to lose the people closest to me so drastically and unpleasantly, all three of them. I now know deep within my heart and my mind that I could die any minute. I could die any second. So why worry? Like why worry about the mundane? Let's let's just do our best to live a fulfilled life. And so I I very gently teach that to my students as well who have massive fears around death. And I'm like, well, where's that fear coming from? Well, I don't want to leave my mom. Your mom's going to be fine. Like everyone moves on. And if anything, when someone experiences a close death, it can and has the ability to bring a sense of like peace. <laughs> this is such a like deep conversation, but it has the ability to bring a sense of peace. You know, it's so like this, what we talked about earlier with this, this new perspective on death and seeing it as a transition versus an end is just, is coming to mind again, as you're speaking, because I also, I find as well that throughout our life, we're also constantly going through the uh, death and rebirthing cycles in our lived human experience as well. And there can even be such a resistance to that with people and a fear of that. And I think it's, it really stems from this fear of the unknown and, and this anxiety about what the, what change may bring. That's why I love the way that you look at this, because I think the more we can embrace that it is just this inevitable part of life. And it's almost like life cannot exist without death and vice versa. We can actually live more fully as well in our experience and then, and, and, and be open to the multiple deaths that we'll face non-physical and then ultimately our physical death with just such a deeper love with, with uh, an embracing versus a resistance and actually live more fully as a result. Yeah. A hundred percent. That's, you know, you said it so well because death is the only thing that we're guaranteed. And I too believe that we're constantly going through little mini deaths, like our whole life. And if you're familiar with the term ego death, I mean, little deaths and little, little ends of chapters are happening all the time. Like when you end a relationship with a partner, yes, it's painful and it sucks for a while. And you are like, ah, but you can look at what once was as a very beautiful thing. And then it just came to an end and then life moves on. And so I know, I know death is scary because like you said, it's the unknown. And I would say human beings are fucking freaked out of the unknown. It's like, there's no steady footing. Like, well, I need to know what happens next. And I need my, my feet on the ground. I need to be planted and secure. But if, if a recommendation and suggestion here is if you can close your eyes and bring into your mind and understand that you too will die one day. And unfortunately that could happen in a freak accident, like sooner than you think, pray, pray that it doesn't, but it could, then would, wouldn't that then bring to mind, wow, 
am I living my best life? Like, am I happy right now? Am I doing what I want to do? And if not, then fucking change it and do it. And, you know, another thing that experiencing my family's deaths has been, I just don't worry that often. Of course, I'm a human. Every now and then I might worry, but it's very, very rare for me to worry. And it's very, extremely rare for me to get anxious about things because experiencing those deaths was like probably the highest anxiety I've ever felt. But it then I transmuted that into it's all good. Like, it's all good. I'm here right now. I'm breathing. Life is a fucking miracle. I can't really put it into words, but what a weird, wacky, beautiful thing we're all doing here. You know, so to, if it helps anyone out there listening to reduce any type of worry or anxiety you might have about yourself or your life or the future, just remember the present is all we have anyways, right now. And then in two minutes, it's now again, it's always now. (laughs) Mm -hmm. And I just want to quickly as well, say more about something that something also that you said earlier about how so many of us as humans are so attached to the physical and we are so attached to the human experience but of course as we've been saying throughout this entire conversation the soul is underneath all of that the soul the spirit the energy is the thing that's there that cannot be undone that cannot end and so the more that we can be connected to that part of ourselves I think the more we'll be able to, the more we'll, we'll actually find um, comfort in the unknown because we know that, um, again, like it's just a transition, it's not an end. We, 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 we can allow the physical to change and change and even die knowing that our soul is the thing that will continue to remain. Totally, and that our soul is perfect. And so you're perfect, <laughs> we're perfect. Mm. And I don't think any human ever in existence has ever known it all. So what would it, why would we fear something that we're never, it's kind of like chasing a never ending, like an an infinite, I don't even know how to explain it. Like I understand and validate people have a fear of the unknown, but we're never going to know it all ever. So if it helps go, oh yeah. I don't think I'll ever know everything. So maybe I'll just like put my bag, put, put that heavy bag down for a little while and start embracing the unknown and go, wow, the unknown's like a little exciting. Yeah. Like the mystery is kind of fun if we allow it to be. Totally. So I want to, um, I always end by asking the same closing question for everyone that I have on. And so Um, I just want to ask if there's anything that you would tell either your younger self or a piece of advice that you would tell those who are listening, what would you, what would you say? Is there anything that's coming through that you want to share? Yeah. Forgiveness, acceptance, and compassion are and should be three pillars of your life moving forward starting today whether that's forgiveness, acceptance, and compassion of yourself, but like really of others too, because we as humans have a tendency to hold grudges or point fingers or make assumptions that we think we know what other people are going through. And life can be lived so much more peacefully and joyfully if we implement those three things into our life. 
and that you're going to die one day, but I love you. (laughs) (laughs) Had to throw that one in there. And, you know, especially the, the forgiveness piece, that's something that I've really been, that's just really been alive for me in my own experience lately is just like not making what happened so wrong, not having so much charge about what happened, whether you feel you were at fault or you for others were at fault. It's like just um, creating like the forgiveness creates such a lightness and such a free, a freedom from what was and, and allows us to be with what is here now that much more fully. So I love all three of those, but especially the forgiveness one is just really um, been on my heart and in my experience recently. Yeah. Yes, it is. It's freedom. I I promise you guys it's freedom to forgive. Mm -hmm. Tell everyone where they can go if they want to learn more about you, if they want to be in your world and if they want to book any, any kind of session with you. Yeah, definitely. So Instagram is where I'm the most active. So my Instagram is at Nikki Cosmo. And then my website is NikkiCosmo.com. Perfect. And everything will be linked in the show notes for everyone listening as well. Nikki, thank you so much for joining me. It's been such an honor to have you here. This has been such an illuminating conversation. And just thank you. Yes, thank you so much. It's been a pleasure. Thank you so much for listening to the Goddess Talk podcast. If you enjoy this show, I would love so much if you subscribed and left a five-star rating and review. And if you liked this episode, be sure to share it so we can spread this mission together far and wide. You can connect with me on Instagram at I am Kristen Lynch and head to goddessbrandco.com for show notes and ways to work with me. Sending so much love and I'll see you on the next episode. Thank you.